War never changes. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you. Hello, how's everyone today? Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Video Games. I'm your host, Walter Núñez, and uh, today we got a lot of new exciting things to talk about. We're going to be talking about uh, the multiplayer announced for Ghost of Tsushima. I mean, the game was a total success. It was a success on uh, Japan, surprisingly, because the developers are not Japanese. Uh, but the game is really well done. And um, I personally think it's one of the top contenders of the released games, at least for this year, for Game of the Year. Uh, that and uh, probably The Last of Us 2. But we still got a very, very important contender or probable contender, which is going to be um, Cyberpunk 2077. We are still not sure if it's going to be released. I really hope so. I'm really excited about it. But um, for now, it's I'll probably just say Ghost of Tsushima or uh, The Last of Us 2. Uh, we're also going to be talking about the changes to Marvel's Avengers beta since the first beta that was released on PlayStation 4. Because there was a lot of problems. There, um, there were a lot of problems. I mean... Um, the game had a huge potential, but it was not doing things so well. However, Crystal Dynamics did tackle a lot of these problems, but we'll see if it was enough. We'll also be going to talk about Star Wars Squadron's new customizable things. The developer EA, Electronic Arts, just talked about how the personalization will work in the game, and we're really close to release, so um, it's going to be interesting to see that. Also because these things that you can customize are not only visual, are not only cosmetics, you can also personalize things that are non-cosmetics, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, we're also going to talk about FIFA's new stuff, new features for career mode, which um, again, Electronic Arts just released. I mean... Career mode, it's for single player of FIFA as um, Ultimate Team is for the online. It's just, it, it's a thing you have to have on your game and it's super important for every player that buys the game. So adding new features, it's going to be always a step in the right direction. We're also going to talk about Fortnite's new collaboration for a new skin bundle that Personally, I think we'll drive people completely mad. It's going to be really awesome to see this new collab. And um, I mean, lately, Fortnite has been uh, collaborating with a lot of franchises in hopes of getting more money and more players, which eventually will translate in more money. So I think it's a win-win. And lastly, we will talk about the big thing this week, this conflict between Epic Games versus Google and Apple. Last week, the battle just exploded. Epic sued the tech giants, Apple and, and Google, for unfair monopolistic practices regarding payments. It's 
been a battle of pretty much the people that are on Fortnite's or Epic's side versus big corporations. We will discuss this in more detail later on. So that's pretty much what we'll be talking about, and let's just start. Well, um, let's start with the multiplayer for Ghost of Tsushima. It's been not too long since the game was released. The game is developed by Soccer Punch, and they just announced a free update that will be coming this fall. Um, you will get a co-op experience for the game with up to four players. There will be four classes too. Samurai, Hunter, Ronin, and Assassin. This means that there will be no relation to the single game, single player campaign that we played in Ghost of Tsushima. That means no Jin Sakai, no nothing of sorts. It's more of a feeling of the game, the having the ability to translate the combat that was pretty neat from the game to a cooperative uh, environment. Between two people, there will be a story mode of sorts, and with four people, there will be uh, survival, the survival mode, that it's kind of like Horde on Gears of War, which means just uh, hordes of, uh, yeah, it'll say hordes, yeah, hordes of enemies just uh, coming towards you all the time, and you gotta kill them, pretty much. They will also have uh, raids that will be like one big brutal uh, enemy that between the four of the players will have to take down. So it's gonna be, they're trying to aim for something epic. I think the um, the name of the update, it's called Legendary. So, you know, they, they are aiming for that wow factor. I really never thought uh, for a multiplayer for Ghost of Tsushima, it felt like a well-rounded game. But I am intrigued. The gameplay, the way you did everything in Ghost of Tsushima was quite fresh and brutal. I think it was quite accurate, even though I'm no expert on uh, Samurai. But I think it was quite accurate. At least it felt good. So I think it's quite interesting to see if these co-op missions will live up to the main game. And I think in just any way, it's a smart move. Because... More and more people are interested in multiplayer. They want to have a game that lasts a long time, you know? They don't want a game that just, you know, play for five, six hours and you're done with it and it costed like $60. The idea of having a multiplayer will really help Ghost of Tsushima attract those players that didn't want to buy the game because they are not so into um, just single-player games and will make other uh, players that already bought the game interested again in it and they will probably obtain more money from it not only from selling games as a whole but also from microtransactions i am pretty sure that they will offer cosmetics with probable microtransactions in the game i don't know i think it's going to be interesting to see how things are going to work with the announcements that will probably come in the next few weeks. Now, let's talk about Marvel's Avengers beta once again. So, last week we got a new round of betas from uh, Diamond Crystal's newest game. The game is uh, set to release on September 4, so that's important because it's less than one month. It's almost here. 
Now, the week before, we got a taste of um, the game, but it was just for PlayStation 4. It was a closed beta. And it wasn't amazing. It was meh. I mean, super dull, super monotonous. I don't know. If you really want to um, hear the in-depth review for this beta that was like two weeks ago, there's a, a specific episode on the podcast. So you can listen to it uh, anytime you like. But this week, they made some changes. They tried to make things better than last time. So what they said they did is they fixed the matchmaking crashes. The thing that made uh, impossible made, made it impossible for you to change characters at times. Uh, the black screen when someone was using the Hulkbuster. And some issues in the battle with Abominable. But that's what they say, you know? So I, I had to try it again. I did experience again some disappearing stuff. Some walls magically disappeared. And uh, some boxes too. However, all the other stuff was indeed fixed. Here's the thing though. Those uh, fixes of bugs and glitches and crashes are not the fundamental problems with Marvel's Avengers. The game still feels the same every single time. The multiplayer gets boring too quickly. We'll still have repetitive missions that the only purpose of them is just attacking enemies. I mean, it's super straightforward. Way too straightforward. I'm gonna give you an example of a game that I do believe is a really well done game. Of superheroes. We obviously have the whole Arkham series that's freaking amazing, but let's stay to Marvel. Marvel's Spider-Man. This game was developed by uh, Insomnia Games, and it's really good. And it's really good because even though the combat is fun and it's, you know, pretty much just kick them all and kind of dodge things, the things that Marvel's Avengers, I think, is aiming for, the fundamental difference is Spider-Man has a narrative or has a really interesting personality. The character has personality. You feel how um, Peter Parker and Spider-Man are kind of in conflict at times. The problem with Marvel's Avengers is that they do not understand that a superhero is not just punching. It's a combination of several stuff. And I know that Marvel's Spider-Man is more focused on a single uh, player experience and Marvel's Avengers on a more multiplayer one. But it still feels meh, super repetitive. I really don't feel so good about it. I don't know, maybe it's a thing of the beta, as I said on the um, on the review. But since we don't know at the time, I I am just not so sure if this game is gonna be the super amazing thing uh, Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix wants it to be. And um, before going to the next topic, there was some new uh, rumors of uh, new characters that may come to the game. There was some data mining uh, on the beta's code by two Reddit users that they found references to this pretty big, uh, gotta say, list of superheroes. We got Ant-Man, the Wasp, Vision, Black Panther, Doctor Strange, Falcon. Until there... Everyone, I think, uh, familiar with at least the 
the cinematic Marvel universe will probably feel uh, like they know them. So there's also Marvel that is like the precursor of uh, Captain Marvel. There's also Mockingbird, Quake, Winter Soldier, Captain Marvel, Kate Bishop, She-Hulk, and War Machine. All of these superheroes are um, thought to be uh, added at some point throughout the, the release of the game. So they will be playable, I'll say. This will certainly, certainly be a good way to freshen up the game and probably tackle the same problem I am uh, really worried about, you know, the dullness of it. Let's move on then to Star Wars Squadrons. Squadrons is set to release on October 2. So it makes quite a lot of sense to start talking about it. So EA released information about things that you can customize in the game and it is really interesting to see how this will work out. You can get components for your ship. These components are really important because they are decisive on the way you play. You can make your ship more offensive or your ship more defensive. You can add primary weapons, auxiliary weapons, uh, countermeasures, shields, motors, and helm. All of that you can change and will affect directly your gameplay. It's not a cosmetic thing. They will have an impact. But we also got cosmetics that do not affect gameplay, such as changing your um, pilot's head, or species, for that matter, voice, the spacesuits, the torso clothing, the lower clothing, gloves, and the helmet. I know what you may be thinking. Having cosmetics is good, it's okay, it's something we are used to. But having something that affects gameplay could be quite dangerous. I mean, just remember what happened to Battlefront 2. It was by the same developer, but I do think they did learn from that mistakes because Electronic Arts was super clear, like really, really clear. They made a, a specific focus on saying that to get those components, you can do it by earning points. Those points you earn by playing. So we still probably see microtransactions, but just a, as a way to speed things up, but not unfairly, you know? I really hope that there are no exclusive microtransactions for active things for your ship because it will be quite unfair. I I don't mind about cosmetics. You can have whatever skin, special skin uh, you want. But uh, active gameplay affecting things, no please. I think EA understands now after the terrible, terrible experience they had with Battlefront 2. But... um. I guess we'll, we'll have to see if that's that's the case. And we still know that the game is going to sell amazingly because it's Star Wars. But even if it wasn't Star Wars, if you're interested in these kind of games, it doesn't matter if it's Star Wars or not because these are space battles, which, um, which is great. You know, it's really interesting to see and to be able to fight on, on space, you know? I don't know... It, there's the big difference, uh, for example, between Battlefront and this game. In this game, you ha will have to tackle objectives or just like a match five versus five. And these squads of five people 
kind of remind me of MOBAs, you know, like League of Legends or, or Dota 2, that you have to create kind of your crew, you know? And it's not like a big-ass crew of 30 people. Like, five people, you can get four friends and tackle all the objectives of the game. If done correctly, I do think that they can create an interesting e-sporty game with this. They have everything set, at least for what they've released, to make it so. They have different locations, but not too many. They are focusing on the fact that the squads are facing each other and they are not just adding distractions for the sake of it. But I understand that they want to give a little bit of, um, you know, spice things up, you know, change them a bit. Because fighting always on the blackness and, you know, little dots that are stars may be dull at times. They will tackle that with locations. They have a lot of different uh, spaceships for different styles of gameplay. I don't know, I think the game is really well-rounded, at least on the information that we already have. Let's just wait and see if they make a game worth our money. So, FIFA's career mode. Ah, new features for career mode. Um, gotta be honest with you, I stopped actively playing FIFA a few years ago. Uh, it, it just got too boring for my taste. However, every time I played FIFA or owned a FIFA, um, there was something that hooked me every single time, and it was career mode. There's just something that I loved about being the savior of a second division team and being able to get them to the Champions League and even win it. It's just amazing, you know, it's powerful. Because of that uh, game mode, I got a strange love for a terrible team in England, the Gillingham. Um, but they're like my secret secret uh, football crush. You know, I am quite interested in buying a jersey from them. But anyway, Electronic Arts just added more stuff to career mode. Interesting looking, and it really tackles some problems of the mode. First of all, you get an interactive simulation of games. So, when I last played FIFA, like actively, I remember some matches were just too boring to play. Imagine being Real Madrid and playing the team that just got to La Liga this year. You'll butcher them, and you know it but you have to play the whole 6 or 10 minutes or whatever of the game. It really was a pain in the ass, so you can do that or you could simulate the game. The thing is, sometimes your team lost somehow, you didn't know why. It was sometimes just because FIFA's AI was really stupid and made stupid changes to your squad or to your way of playing and cost you 3 points. The thing is, now you can watch the match live and see how it develops. Who is passing who, who is shooting, everything. If you know the AI will lose a golden opportunity, you can jump right in the game and seal the deal. You can jump into penalties, into um, a specific play, anything. And then you can jump out and continue watching. You don't have to play the whole game afterwards. I think this is the ultimate management thing in career mode for FIFA. The best way to tackle the boringness of simulations or the forced playing. 
they also added a way to change positions for players. You can train them to it, you know? If you have two players that play the same position, but they are just too good to be on the bench, you can train one of them to play another position, which is quite helpful, to be honest. You can also manage your schedule. You can make arrangements on your training and your schedule so you can have your players at peak performance when it matters. Also, you get the transfer market to be more real every single time. Now, this time, you can get to do like real-life, uh, life-like choices on loans and sales of the player. And I know you might call me a fangirl, but I really love the idea of being able to just sit down on the couch and talk about loans and sales of players with Guardiola and, and Jurgen Klopp. Now, Electronic Arts made one last announcement for a feature in career mode, and, and it's that the AI will be more intelligent. They will defend better and attack better. They will read the match and the play you are trying to make, and they will try to stop it. And they will also try and break through your defenses and probably do so in an easier way. FIFA 21 hopes to keep you on edge at all times and make you not give any match for granted. I think we just gotta see how this progresses. FIFA 21 was uh, welcomed with all sorts of memes for its cover that honestly looks like a middle school collage of Mbappé. It just feels super amateur and badly done. I really hope the game is completely opposite to its cover. Now we're almost, almost getting to the juicy news of this week. But before that, let's talk about Fortnite, but other thing about Fortnite. The new collaboration, but this time with DC Comics. You know, even with all the issues between Google and Apple, Epic Games just continuing uh, its way of working. And now they have uh, announced a new bundle of skins, The Last Laugh. This bundle will be available on November 17 and will include the Joker, Poison Ivy and Midas, along with, you know, other cosmetics. They will also give you a, a thousand V-Vox. And I gotta say I love the idea. Having these collabs and mashups is super fun. You know, we already got Star Wars, we got Rey... Finn, Kylo Ren, uh, we already got Batman, Catwoman, Deadpool, Black Widow, Aquaman, and many more. It's always nice to see these on a game as playful as, as Fortnite. And at this rate, I can only imagine more collabs will come. Both companies are benefiting, not only because of money, but because of um, they also get a lot of exposure, which obviously translates into money, but you know what I mean. I think the last big market explosion was either Aquaman or Deadpool. I'll probably say Deadpool because Deadpool has been having a son in love because of the movies. You know, people went crazy. Even the cost of the first apparition of, of Deadpool, the comic, uh, New Mutants 98, has its price skyrocketed for a while. And I can't say I'm surprised. Honestly, the character is super cool funny and irrelevant, and I think all of those characteristics blend amazingly into what Fortnite is. Now, the Joker, alongside Batman, is one of the most relevant faces in DC lately. Comic writers like Frank Miller and Scott Snyder help, you know, give 
power to this uh, superhero. Also, Nolan and his trilogy helped a lot, especially the Dark Knight, which which was one of the best superhero and in general one of the best movies ever done. Obviously, if we're talking about the Joker, we have to talk about last year and Joaquin Phoenix with its amazing uh, Joker performance. Just think about last year. Everyone uh, was dressed up as a Joker for Halloween. I think the Joker has been uh, labeled as a symbol of disobedience, sort of. I don't know. I think it's interesting to see that added to Fortnite, especially in these times, because who wouldn't like to fight with or uh, against or as the Joker, you know? This symbol of disobedience blends perfectly with what is actually happening right now with uh, Epic Games, Google, and Apple. So let's get right into it. Epic Games decided to cut the costs of the B-Box. They decided to make them cheaper. However, they added different kinds of payment methods in both iOS and Android. This meant that you could buy, I don't know, a thousand uh, B-Bucks for $9. Uh, I am not sure about the numbers, but let's say $9 uh, through the Play Store, through Google, through Google or through Apple, or you can pay them directly and pay $7, so $2 less, which obviously everyone wanted to do. Nobody wants to pay more. However, this is against the terms of service of both Google and Apple. The very first one to do something about it was Apple. They deleted the game from the Play Store. Now, I think this is a very important thing to say because a lot of people are just arguing that Fortnite was banned from the App Store. And that is not the case, at least not yet. The game was just deleted because it was not uh, following the terms of service. If you want to make uh, or to accept payments on your application, you have to give a 30% of the cut to Apple or Google, depending on the on the platform you are using your uh, game on. So since they didn't do that, they deleted the game, so no more people could download that. If Epic Games just decides to not use this... Uh, way of payment that is directly to them, they, I don't know, Apple and Google will probably just upload the game again. They are not banned. It was just deleted. So, this change only lasted two or three hours with Apple. And from there, I have no clue what just happened. Like, Epic Games was super prepared for that. They were planning a war against both of them. As soon as Apple deleted the game... They released a video parody of a famous Apple video from 1984. Fortnite's video said, Epic Games has defied the App Store monopoly. In retaliation, Apple is blocking Fortnite from a billion devices. Join the fight to stop 2020 from becoming 1984. Apple's video, the one this um, Fortnite's video is based on, originally said, on January 24th, Apple Computer will introduce Macintosh, and you will see why 1984 won't be like 1984. This may sound super confusing, like, why is 1984 like such a big deal? 
why uh, is Apple saying super confusing stuff like you'll see why 1984 is not going to be like 1984. What's up with that? Okay, I'm going to try and give you some context about it. So Apple's video was uh, focused against IBM, another tech giant. IBM at the time was being accused of monopolistic practices and giving no chance to the competition. So Apple asked for people's support with this video. Now, 1984 is referenced on both videos, and they refer to George Orwell's novel with the same name. In summary, that novel talks about a dystopian 1984 where the government has taken control of every possible media, especially TV, and is brainwashing everyone. You know, it's like Big Brother controlling everything. Apple wanted to break IBM, and they actually managed to do it. They destroyed the big corporation, the big monopoly IBM was building, and they started building their own. Epic Games, or Fortnite, whatever you want to say, deals with sarcasm the same situation using this video parody. By using the exact same video as base, they denounce Apple for being the new IBM, so to speak. So, they are using the same weapons they once used. They are saying that Apple is hypercritical because, because they once attacked big corporations that allowed no competition, and they have become one. With all of this context already set in, we obviously have two stands, you know, pro-Epic or pro-Apple and Google. So, some people argue that Epic uh, accepted Apple's and Google's terms of service and decided just not to respect that. And then they just get mad about that. It is obvious that there will be consequences if you don't follow them. However, some say that Apple and Google are becoming intolerant to competition. I want Epic to win. I think Apple and Google are not really being transparent and they do not allow a lot of competition in their phones. Google at least permits third-party software. Not um, This means uh, software not downloaded from the Play Store on Android devices. However, they bombard warnings to the user, you know, scaring them. If you are downloading uh, an APK and suddenly your phone starts asking you for a lot of stuff that you may not understand, you may just say, you know what, I'm not downloading this, it may not be safe. Uh, Apple doesn't even do that. They don't allow any third-party software that is not going through their app store. I do believe both corporations need to be more flexible. However, I do not cheer for Epic Games either. Their own 40% by Tencent, a quite controversial Chinese company, and they, I don't know, I think they, they seem to want to destroy these big corporations, but I do believe they want to do it to create one of their own, just like Apple did. They say they want to help smaller companies, but in the long run, this move will help Epic more than the smaller companies. And they planned all of this. They had the video prepared, an 80-page lawsuit against Apple, and probably a similar one to Google. It wasn't even an hour uh, after Apple de um, deleted the game from the App Store, and they got the lawsuit. They were extremely prepared. They planned this for quite a while. The thing I really don't like, too, is the fact that they try to uh, get their community as um, to back them up, you know? Because 
Fortnite has a rather young community. Most of them are kids that honestly are easily impressed. They probably didn't understand anything behind Fortnite's video except for Apple bad. You know, Apple is bad. Apple is a big corporation that wants to destroy a game that I really enjoy. Which again, is kind of true. But Epic is not a superhero either. Getting kids in a culture war is tasteless and shameful if you ask me. If you want to attack the so-called Big Brother, by all means, do it. You already got support from Spotify, which had the same issues with Apple with its subscriptions and Facebook. Just don't mess with the kids. You know, don't brainwash them to think that Apple is brainwashing people. So yeah, I, I want to I want Epic to win. But just that. I guess we will see how all of this develops in the next weeks if Apple loses or or Epic. And with that, we'll close today's podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and uh, I will try something new in the upcoming weeks. I'll move the podcast to Fridays, um, because I think during weekdays is when we get more information in general of the gaming industry. So that means this week I'll do two episodes again, today's and Fridays, but next week will be only just the Friday one. So until then, stay safe. Cheers. War never changes. War. Remember, no Russian. Did I ever tell you the definition of insanity? Pikachu? If I'm to choose between a greater and lesser evil, I'd rather not choose at all. I'm afraid. I don't know what to do. Everyone I have cared for has either died or left me. Everyone fucking except for you.